0: Happy Monday, Liberty Kitty Cats. And before we get into today's episode, I've got to remind you about all the extra content we've got for our patrons, our members of the Lions of Liberty Pride. You can find out more over at patreon.com slash Liberty. But guys, for as little as $5 a month, you can help support this, your favorite libertarian podcast, the greatest libertarian variety show on earth. Uh, If three shows per week, three free shows wasn't enough for you, guess what? There is so much more behind the paywall over on our Patreon. We have Conspiracy Corner. We have Degenerate Gambit. We have bonus live streams, bonus segments with guests, early episode releases of many of my interviews, and we really, really work hard to make sure we are delivering quality content and really getting you value for your money. So we don't just expect you to throw money at us, although that's nice too. You can do that by donating directly on our website, lionsofliberty.com, and over at paypal.me slash liberty. But if you want to be a recurring donor, the best place to do so is at patreon.com slash liberty. And if all of the bonus content and perks weren't enough, you also get 20% off merchandise at our store. Over at lionsofliberty.store, we have t-shirts, we have coffee mugs, we have beanies, we have so much Lions of Liberty gear, and we have some pretty damn cool designs, I gotta say. Uh, we have our wax on, tax off shirt, we have our tax... Is death shirt and so many more designs. You can find them all at lionsofliberty.store. But don't forget to first join up on Patreon, get yourself that discount. Find us at Patreon.com/slash Lions of Liberty. We need to empower people with not just a philosophical tool, but the inspiration to break free from the system. Welcome to the flagship Lions of Liberty podcast. Your weekly dose of education, inspiration, and real-world application from the top minds of the Liberty movement. If you want liberty, we need to be better leaders, better husbands, better fathers, better friends, better businessmen. We need to be better people. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clair. and live free. All right. With me today, she is a a practicing immigration attorney for over 15 years based out of Miami. She's originally from Venezuela. I'm very pleased to be speaking with Maria Trina Burgos. Maria, are you ready to roar? I am. Indeed, I knew you would be because you were actually originally uh, connected to me for actually a personal matter, and maybe I'll get into that a little bit. But uh, you were connected to us through a mutual friend of the show, uh, a guy named Fergus Hodgson. He's appeared on my show. He's been on, on all our shows here on the, on the Lions of Liberty Network. Here, he recently appeared on Finding Freedom uh, with John Odermat. So uh, when Fergus recommended you to me for some questions I had uh, with my own immigration matter, uh, you know, I, we we had a good connection, and I really thought you had, we have a really good story and uh, your your background would really help people shed a little bit of light on uh, the immigration process, uh, if you can call it that here, here in the United States. Uh, so I just want to start off, Maria, learning a little bit more about your own story. Uh, what first brought you here to the U.S. from Venezuela? In fact, let's go a little even further back. What was it like for you uh, actually growing up in Venezuela?
1: Well, actually, it was fine. Uh, it was, I was an attorney there. I graduated in Venezuela, Catholic University. I was practicing. I have a good life. Uh, then um, I uh, started seeing in the office that I was working for people. People need to, you know, have a second language, which would be English, and then to get, you know, go up in the change of command in the law firm. So I thought about it to come to the States, uh Improve my English because I studied English when I was 17 years old in Michigan. Then I went back to Venezuela and then I improved my English and take a master's of LLM in in law. So then the idea was to come back to Venezuela and had a better job um, in a law firm. Okay, now she speaks English and she's bilingual. She can review some international contracts. And that was the idea at first. So I came in 1998 um, to Georgetown University for the English program, and then I got admitted in William & Mary, the College of William & Mary, which by that time, nobody knew, like in my family, what was that college, because people believe that college, and that's the wrong idea, is a college, so it's not a university, but it is. Anyway, so when I see now, I'm very proud of William & Mary, graduate from there, when I see, when I say... um, William and Mary, oh, my God, Maria, you got to meet there. That's very hard to get there, so, to get in there. So that's really nice. Anyway, so I took my, my LLM one year. And then, remember, it was 2000 then, Mr. Chavez was already in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. So uh, two years in power. When I called my old boss, um, he said, okay, if you got a job there, you better stay. Because mm-hmm. things are not going well right. here. Uh, we are very concerned about this guy. So I found a job as a paralegal in a law firm in Miami, corporate law firm, very fancy. And I spent then five years as a paralegal. And it was at the beginning, um, it was like, okay, I'm a judge there. I'm an attorney. I'm going to be a paralegal. So I have to, you know, go step down. And I was really uh, upset. But then I thought about it. I mean, I had an opportunity to work in a law firm, uh I learned to fill out forms, which people now think is very easy, which is not, and it's very dangerous when you don't know how to fill out a form. People think it's very easy, as I say, you are under oath, you cannot lie, you cannot make a mistake in a form. So I did that for five years, especially in business visas. Then I passed the Virginia bar because I studied in Virginia, and then I asked for a better position. So anyway, we couldn't get to an agreement in that. So I left the firm and I started working for another attorney for one year. And then I decided to open my own firm in Miami. So that was in 2006. Since then, I've been doing immigration law.
0: So you you never intended to immigrate here, at least not at the time. You were just coming here for a better education, a better opportunity that could actually help your career back in Venezuela. But here we are. <laughs>
1: That's correct. Here we are. And I came with my two little children, small children. They were 10 and 8. Now they are 32 and 31. And they, I mean, of course, they stay with me and they graduate in a very, very um, at Ivy Leagues and, and they are working very, they're doing very well now. Uh, but of course, our roots are still in Venezuela. We still, uh, they travel every year. Well, after, before the pandemic, of course, uh, I try to be uh, prudent, you no, know, to uh, travel a lot because of the dangerous things there. But um, now we're here and they say, oh, my mom, mom that decision, you made to stay it was hard because i was alone with my two kids and then now it, it, it was worth it. so now now we see back and we are happy really
0: so have you have you even been back to venezuela since you came here
1: yes um not that often especially after chavez was getting power more power and um, the things were getting very dangerous in caracas and you know with um, crime and then um the things about um, the travel and I was, I represented some people f- from Venezuela in asylum cases that they were enemies from the regime there. So maybe I'm not that important, but I really <laughs> was scared to go back there. So I didn't want to go to the airport and say, Hey, you are the attorney for these guys. So, right, you right. know and it's been a while, it's been uh, seven, uh, eight years since I haven't go back.
0: And do you think that the current situation there is just a, a, it's just gotten too bad to even consider going back at this time? I mean, wh- how do you how do you kind of see the current situation from just just from you know from most of your contact with Venezuela being from your family and friends at this point?
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, of course, with the pandemic, is very dangerous sure. well, yeah. go there. Add that on top of course, that it's even
0: it's even on top, even top of more, that,
1: and yeah. then the travel, the traveling. There is no direct flight. You have to travel through Mexico or through Panama. It's very complicated to go there now, so I wouldn't recommend really. But you know what? There is a lot of people making big money in Venezuela now. So that's what we call the enchufados. Uh, you have to find out the word enchufado is the unplug when you plug or unplug something, a cable. Oh. So okay. you, the verb is enchufar. So that person is enchufado because it's taking uh, advantage with the government and. They don't care about the regime. They don't care about the dictatorship, totalitarian, whatever they are. They're getting a lot of money. And that's for real. I'm not inventing this. I'm not creating this.
0: So, so it's, what, it's what, are they, what do they actually do? Are those people that are like smugglers or what, what are they actually?
1: No, they have, they have a legitimate business. But when people, okay, what is uh, something that is missing? We need oil for the cars, you know, motor right, oil. Okay. So they start, uh, they get uh, the permission to import the oil and then they go, of course, they give some money to the person, authorized that, you know, the custom officer or something. So a lot of people making that's money right. with uh, with food. So now at this moment, if you go to Venezuela, you will say, oh, but nothing is happening. Everybody's so happy here. That's not mm-hmm. true, of course. But that's the other side that you see. There are a lot, there are a lot of bodegones. Bodegones is Everything that you didn't find before, like olive oil, delicatesses, chocolate, a lot of things, very expensive. Everything is with the dollar. So it's very sad because there is another part of town which is very poor, is very hungry, and doesn't have the uh, means to buy anything or to go to the health service to get the vaccine or something, any, any medicines for the kids. Very hard, very hard.
0: So the, these guys you're describing, they kind of, these are guys that kind of take advantage of the situation, uh, but they are able to use sort of contacts from the, within the government, kind of bribe them or what have you, and then they can get the products and then they can get those products that are really hard to find out to people. Um, so they're providing a service. They're also doing it in sort of a, a cronious way. So depending on your perspective, you might see them as good guys, bad guys, but either way, they don't care who's in charge. Yeah. They're going to be doing
1: that's, this. That's the way it is. You got it completely correct.
0: You know who else gets things completely correct? What do you think of this transition, guys? It's our friends over at Good Morning Liberty, our friends Nate and Charlie. Uh, If you are impressed by the output here at Lions of Liberty with three unique shows each and every week, you are going to be blown away by the content that Nate and Charlie are putting out over at Good Morning Liberty. These guys do it five, five, five days per week. My God, do they even record the show live for their patrons? Uh, These guys are awesome libertarians. They both have worked in the healthcare industry, so they definitely have a unique perspective on a lot of the problems that go through that segment of the industry. And they really do a great job of breaking down current events, breaking down those headlines through the Liberty perspective. And again, they do it five days a week, absolutely mind-blowing they do phenomenal work they are great supporters and fans and patrons of this program and they deserve your support as well so if you haven't been listening please do go check out good morning liberty you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts or you can check out their website bernie what a freaking awesome url back to the show one thing I want to talk about, too, is is your initial, when you initially came over here to the United States, was that difficult for you to, at all to get here and, and, you know, just get that initial permission to come as a student? Or was it fairly simple as long as you had, you know, gotten admission to the, to the university? Well,
1: it was, uh, I went to the embassy, uh, I got my F1, I-20, uh, because I was the admission uh, for Georgetown University, um, because they know it's, it's not cheap, Georgetown is a very, you know, well-known university, because some people now, they uh, do go to a cheap college, so they they don't like that. So they deny the visa because I was spending really? a lot of money. in the Yeah.
0: So they'll, they'll deny you if you got into like a very inexpensive college because they'll think that that just means you're not, you're, you're just trying to get yes. in there.
1: Yes. They know that you want to go there. Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. So then I had the English program and then William & Mary, which is the LLM, which was also very expensive. So anyway, so they approved the visa. And uh, when I went uh, to Holland, I mean, to the law firm that I was working, they uh, sponsored me for ah one b visa, H-1B. So they put me as an international paralegal because it's a specialty occupation, the H-1B. Uh, so I started working as an international legal professional uh, because paralegal is not a specialty occupation. I mean, everybody can be a paralegal, but for the H-1B, they even did that. They even uh, put a uh, job description much specialized for because I speak Spanish, international and everything. So uh, the question about the hardest thing, not for the visa, the visa was a uh, smooth process. They approved the visa, so I came here. Is of course, the adaptation. Um, especially Virginia, uh, I mean, it's not, I'm not trying to, uh, it was very hard for me to understand the mm-hmm. accent. Yeah, yeah. Southern accent. And also because I, I, I would say, I don't understand, this is the South? What is in the South? We're in North. This is snowing. (laughs) This is so cold. South is South, South. People say, no, Virginia is a southern country. Anyway, so it was hard to understand and get catch of the accent for the teachers. And I'm saying in a good way because, of course, I had to. Now I I understand much better. So, but the English, um, when you you have to take the TOEFL, the, the test as a second language, and I got a very high score, very fancy high score, and I say, good. For 3 months I didn't understand anything in the class nothing so that was I was crying I was like, what is this the book huge books in law school you know how they are yeah yeah and then I say what is this? Why, why why did I pass this test I, didn't, I don't know right. anything about I don't know English at all so no, anyway, it,
0: because you, you can know a language uh, textbook wise, you can understand it, but then it's, it's one thing to know it in your mind. It's a completely other thing, uh, as I have found, to just um, to be immersed and thrown into it in real life where you actually have to react in real time. And meanwhile, you're trying to chase the words and translate. And that's just, uh, yeah, that, that, that you can't you can't just learn that from a textbook, no matter how well you know the language.
1: Exactly. But that's I'm still learning. I, I use the vocabulary book that my kids use in the school, and I still use that because um, I always want to learn new words and understand. So I always do like you know the lecture and the, the reading comprehension and mark the words. I, I, I like to do that and improve my English every every time.
0: So did, did you go into uh, immigration law specifically for for a reason, or is it just kind of where you ended up?
1: Well, that was what why, how I ended up because that was the only. I had a friend who called the law firm. I say I have this lady, and and he said, "Okay, I can help you, but we only have an opening for immigration." That's what I told you. I said, "Immigration paralegal." Oh my god, no! What are you <laughs> thinking? I'm an attorney in Venezuela. I have a little lamb. you know. I'm like, oh, and then this guy said, "Okay, that's what we have. So take it or leave it or go whatever." So I took it, and that was the best decision in my life. I love immigration. I really like when Mark people get a green card, when people get a citizenship, and this is a long way. Um, and of, of course, is the is the happiness of being the kids, the family here, is very hard. The, the The road is very hard. A lot of hurdles, a lot of bumpings, a lot of. But um, if you do it legally, you can do it. You can do it. Um, immigration system is very complicated, but is. Um, and you need to be uh, advised. You need to be, um, to ask a professional. You cannot do yourself or a paralegal or a notary because then you're going to end up deported. So pretty bad situation, people. And also they, they don't take me wrong about the notaries. I'm a notary, but you can be a notary if you pass an uh, online course for four hours. Okay, okay? I'm sorry. Then, uh um, you can be a notary but notaries they just fill out forms okay uh, the attorney has to, a license and they can give advice the notary cannot give you any advice at all and they do so they tell you okay yeah you qualify yes we can do that no no don't put that don't put that you've been arrested don't don't, don't say that right. so, you know what they do so they, they do a lot of harm to a lot of people and, and charge a lot of money not cheap you know
0: Sorry. Are, are you describing like some of these services that, that I've seen in my search out here, which I, I didn't go with because I wanted to actually hire an attorney? Cause you know, this is a, I, of course, many people that follow the show and follow me and you know follow me on Facebook or what have you know, my personal life that, uh, you know, I got married last year and my wife is from Mexico. So we are currently in, in the middle of an immigration process. Uh, and, and the way we're doing it, getting married. Uh, I mean, that is, that is like the easiest way to immigrate. Uh, you know, we got married and that's why she's coming here. But, uh, for most people it's, that just want to come here, uh, You know, it's, and, and I, even this path that we're taking while it's the easiest path it's a difficult one it's a long one it it's a hard one it's a bumpy one and this is the way that should be the smoothest so i can't i can't even comprehend people that are trying to do it for for, for a variety of other reasons uh, but yeah I've, I've seen these services in, in that you're describing out there where you know they just say you know give us you know pay us a couple hundred bucks and we'll do all the paperwork for you but that's not the same as an attorney so just for anybody out there um there are pitfalls to a lot of these things that might like oh just for a couple hundred bucks we can have it all done but yeah but that's not legal advice and an in a situation like this, you really need legal advice because this is, this is serious stuff.
1: Yes, it's very serious. It's your future in this country, the future of you and your family. And as you said, because a lot of people get married, of course, for papers. And that's also very dangerous because that's fraud. Mm-hmm. And if you get caught in the fraud, then you cannot go back to this country ever. Even it's like a um, you know, drug uh, crime or something. Uh, you are not allowed. You're inadmissible for life. And people do that and pay a lot of money. This is crazy, really. And and I always advise, don't do that. Just don't do it. Just stay in your in your country and then try to do another things with a job, employment, um, lottery visa if you qualify. There is a lot of other options when you to come to the states instead of getting married, you know, by fraud.
0: All right. So let's let's dig a little bit into. The legal immigration process. Because we, we hear a lot about illegal immigration. We hear a lot about the problems with illegal immigrants. Uh, let's put that to the side and just focus on the legal aspect. Because one thing I want to highlight is you know, you often hear a lot of people just say, well, they should just come legally, uh, should just come legally. And I, I'm not taking a position that someone shouldn't come legally. I don't think anybody should break the law if they can avoid it because it's probably going to end up uh, in a bad situation for you. However, to say that so flippantly really shows a lack of understanding of what that really means. So, so let's put the marriage thing aside because uh, that's not really an immigration method as much as, as it is kind of, it should be anyway, the reverse. You happen to find the person you love, happen to want to get married, and then you, then you have to deal with immigration because of it. But there are many yeah, exactly. people that do things the other way uh, and uh, they're they're trying to immigrate to the U.S. for a variety of other reasons, whether it's business reasons, just a new opportunity, or what have you. What does the average person in um, kind of have to go through to get here in the first place? And uh, I guess when I say average person, maybe we want to focus on um, countries besides, let's say, I think, because I think for uh, Europeans and Australians, I believe it's fairly easy to come to the US um, as I don't know the exact phrase, but there's some kind of visa where you don't actually need a visa. If you're from those countries, you can kind of just show up. But that's not the case uh, for most of the world.
1: Yeah, let me explain that to you. Um, Okay, we have two types of immigrants, people who don't care how come here, you know, cross the border and stay here or come with a visa and stay here illegally. It's like, I remember when you, example, okay, when you come and visit me in my house, I invite you to come here and then you stay like three months. Oh my God, I want him to leave. What do I have to go <laughs> things. I have to, do, it's the same thing. Why should I, why you should stay here in my country with, I invited you to come and then you have to leave. You have a day to leave and then you don't leave. So that's breaking the law. The other type of people, they don't care. They don't, they don't do anything to get the uh, documents or papers. The other group uh, there are a lot of countries who has a treaty with the united states treaty is um, the investor visa and for example australians has a a a3 visa which is very good e3 uh, is employment visa for australians and also chile has an employment visa h1b but they have to be uh, an agreement between both countries and it's really good when United States get in an agreement with that country because that country has shown that this, you know, that a lot of people are staying here legally. They are not staying illegally. For example, Chile used to have the ESTA for a long time ago, and they got cut off, was suspended, and then they have it again. Let the ESTA is the same thing for European country. They don't come with a visa. It's a visa waiver. It's very strict. People think that, oh, I'm, I'm the best. I, I don't need a visa. I come to the ESTA. ESTA is the worst because mm. you have 90 days to be here. You cannot stay. You cannot change. You cannot extend the status. So you have to leave right away. So here in the pandemic it was a mess with all these people who had to stay because mm. ESTA is very strict. So I'm, I'm betting a lot of people who will, that already left but they pass away the 90 days, they have a problem too. They will have a problem. I hope the government will say, okay, all these people who we're going to for, uh, forgive all these things, we're going to waive this thing, and then you can come back. But right. because the ESTA is in a computer, it's not a person. Right. So when you put, the, they see the time you stay here, they will deny your ESTA for the next so,
0: time. So if someone were say stay here for 85 days, was planning to fly out on day 86, but then the pandemic hit, their flights were canceled, they ended up here, let's say, 93 days, that could then be a mark on their record and they might face some, some problems trying to come back.
1: Immigration tried to did, did, did something very complicated with a telephone call it was really hard you couldn't call like a month before you have to call like 3 or 4 or 5 days before they call you back some people could do it uh, the extension for a month but other people couldn't couldn't do anything so the other thing is the tourist visa which is the 6 months then you can change that status you can change to student you can extend that for a year you can be here as a tourist for a, for one year um, and then you have to leave. Anyway, the other people who come here is for worker, workers, um, employment visas. Mexico and Canada, they have the NAFTA, which is a very good program. And they have the TN, the TN for Mexicans, the TN for Canadians. So there is a list of professions that you can bring those people to the United States to work. There is the agricultural program, H2A, which is very good for Mexicans. The problem is that this is seasonal workers. Mark, And then when you finish, you have to go back. The problem is they don't go back, they stay it's illegal. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, break the law and then they, they get out any, they break any opportunity that to come back and work legally and then go back to the country and then come back. No, they, some people stay here and they just break the law.
0: And they don't go back, largely, people like that, because they're afraid if they do go back, they won't be able to get back here. Is that right?
1: Exactly. Or they see, okay, they see difference, of course. They're getting money in dollars. They can send money to the families. Mm-hmm. Families could get a better life, and they're here working. So if they can stand that, even even because of the agriculture said they have to be paid legally, what the Department of Labor says. You cannot exploit them. But when once the, the work is finished, maybe they can get, uh, you know, uh, lower income, they, they are paid in cash, but they get money anyway, so they can send money to the family.
0: Right. So people might be a farm worker, their time might be up, then they might say, they might make a little deal and say, look, I, I'm supposed to leave, but I, I want to keep working for you. Maybe you can pay me, me cash on the side. And, and for yes. that person, that cash they're making on the side is still you know, is still huge yes. compared to what they might make otherwise.
1: And there is an issue, an issue with the, for example, Venezuelan people who are suffering a lot there now, and they're here legally. They don't care, mark. They, I ask them, why are you here legally? you have I don't care. I'd rather be here illegally than legally in Venezuela. I mean like right. because we have a car, my kids go to school, I have right. a job, maybe on the side, cash, but they can rent an apartment in Miami. you know very expensive, of course, but they use efficient system also, so you know they have a decent life, even if they're legal, illegal in the United States right. So, you know, it's kind of balancing what you're going to do. And now Venezuela, you will never emigrate to anywhere. On the contrary, we are a country of people come to to, the, to to Venezuela, Portuguese, Spanish, Italian, a lot of people from Colombian. Oh my goodness. Colombian people, we still live in Venezuela. They got a very good uh, exchange in the currency with the Bolivar and the Peso. Now, not anymore. Now, all Venezuelan people are in Colombia now. So it's kind of, That story really. But about uh, going back to immigration is um, hard. It's not impossible. Uh, It's very hard. Um, But you have to get um, professional advice because also other attorneys also they tell you what you want to hear. Hmm. Like there is a visa very fancy for a talent visa, and then say no, you qualify. You is fifteen thousand dollars. You pay that, and then was a lie you didn't qualify so but
0: that attorney got their fees regardless of whether that person qualified or not
1: and my my advice is it's like the health you you don't play with your health so you go and find a different opinion uh some people do the consultation for free i don't there's another attorney who pay a charge a hundred dollars 250 other people do it for free people say oh you should do it for free it's your time and it's information that you're going to give to the person to be safe in the United States. Uh, most of the attorneys who do the free consultation, it's just 10 minutes or 15 minutes and that's it.
0: And it's really a, a sales call at that point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, let's, let's be honest <laughs> yeah. here. Because if, if you only have a few minutes with someone and you're given the free time, all you're really trying to do is to land that sale. Uh, so as someone who's, been, who's spoken to many attorneys, I can say like the, the free consultation is usually, it ends up just more of, all right, so here, so when can you give us money? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's my... um. Policy, I could say that. And when people call the program uh, later on, I give the most, because time, of course, is, you know, of the essence, they're running out of time. I try to give the most complete answer to that person. I said, okay, you have to fill out their 130. You have to pay 535. You have to send that, that this, and this. And that's it. They, don't, they will need to call me. They, they, will need to call, they won't call me. Maybe they will call me two years later because they remember that I told them everything. Mm-hmm. Because I don't... It's as you said, I don't need a contract. I, don't need, I want them to know what they're doing. Some people send you know, emails very long and say, listen, no, I'm not going to answer that. You <laughs> need to make a consultation because that's, that's abusive. You know? right. But um, as I said, it's uh, people, if I can help people that they don't need to go to an attorney and they can do themselves their things, I'll do it. But it's complicated immigration. And as I said, now in on 1998, when I came to the States, and now what I'm doing, I'm very proud what I'm doing now. Um, I'm very concerned about the... Uh, we call in Spanish, the Criolla. Criolla is like, okay, when you want to lie in the form or, okay, I ask the, the person, have you ever been arrested? Mm, okay, when they say, mm, I say, then okay. You know the yes, right. Let's go back <laughs> again, please. And then a lot of my my compatriotas Venezuelan they always go to the other answer okay are you married yes or no well uh okay what are you <laughs> these are questions
0: me? that really should have a very straightforward <laughs> answer
1: <laughs> so then when they i say okay no let's go back again
0: this is people that are looking to you for advice but they're even afraid to even tell you certain answers because they're afraid that that the truth of whatever it may be will mess up their what they're trying to do um,
1: yeah and then i've been in the interview and then the officer said okay you have an arrest uh, 20 years ago And I said, what? And, oh, yeah, well, but it wasn't an arrest. It wasn't an arrest. It doesn't matter that you don't have any handcuffs, okay? (laughs) Anyway, so that's the problem. So I try to, you know, assert the person, okay, you're telling me the truth. Don't lie on the oath. It's not my problem. It's your problem.
0: What are some of the biggest challenges that people that are trying to do things Absolutely, the right way. They're not lying to you. They're telling the truth. They're doing everything by the letter, and yet they still run into something that that causes an issue. What are some of the issues that people that you find, um, besides people that are actually trying to commit fraud or not being honest, that people that are doing yeah. everything right still run into, even though they're doing everything as they should?
1: Yeah, we have some cases like that because there is I don't a want to word. jinx
0: myself here. So. <laughs>
1: there is a word which discretion, discretionality with the officer. Mm-hmm. So probably that's why the immigration attorney can no guarantee results ever. Right. But something, a straight case, like, okay, um, the marriage is fine. shouldn't be any problem. But then you, you have like a talent this an artist, you bring an artist, a singer, uh, and then uh, everything is fine. And then, okay, no, I don't think you are an, ex- an extraordinary ability. I don't think that. So then we have to appeal. So then what happened? That's why I say, okay, we have 70, 30%, we have, but we couldn't, the problem is the discretionality of the officer. Hmm. So that's the main thing that you can find because nothing is granted in immigration. And then they look at the list with everything, the parameters, everything It has to be there. And then if something is missing, they deny the visa. So sometimes they are very harsh.
0: I mean, it's the same thing. Anytime... That anyone who's not a citizen, essentially, even someone with a green card, I think, is theoretically subject to the discretion, to some extent, of, of border patrol. So the person at the border, for all you know, could just be having a bad day, and, and or maybe the person at USAS is just having a bad day, and just you know they look at one thing and just decide, well, I, I don't believe you. I think you're, yeah. I think you're, I think you're a fraud or something. And then you it doesn't got, matter, even you, if you are, you still have to go. Yeah. Now you have to go back and try to try to sort that yeah. out. Yeah.
1: You got a very important point when people believe when you are a green card holder that your problems are solved. No no. way. Every time you travel overseas, even you are a U.S. citizen, you are subject to the admission. Usually U.S. citizen, they don't get any problem getting admitted unless the guy is a criminal or something. But green card holders. There is no guarantee that they will allow to get in. So just be careful. If you have something 20 years ago, maybe a misdemeanor, maybe you went to the store and took something and then you could have problems. You could be put in removal. They should they should let you in, but they take the green card and they put you in removal. So you have to fight your green card with a judge. But it's a bad time. I mean, you have a you know rough moment. You don't want to be in there in that moment. So my advice, as soon as you can become a U.S. citizen, don't leave it for 10 years later, because be a U.S. citizen. You can get arrested, but you cannot be deported when you are a U.S. citizen, of course. So especially young people, my kids, when they were in school and college, they were legal permanent residents. And I was I couldn't sleep until they became U.S. citizens because of the problems, you know, there a lot of cases in my office, they came, you know, young people, the mothers really concerned about them because they were in a discotheque, something, dancing, whatever, and they come, the police, and they were drugged, and Maybe the guys didn't do anything, but they were ended up with all these people arrested and then get a, a, a start proce- removal proceedings. So mm-hmm. why has to be that way? So become a citizen as soon as you can do it, of course, and behave until you become a U.S. citizen, of course.
0: And then you can go around breaking laws and- Yes,
1: of course. (laughs) (laughs) You can do whatever.
0: I mean, it, it is a big difference. And again, as someone who's who's going through this process uh, with my wife, uh, with her young son, there's there's so much that we're we're trying to sort out. And you know, we are we are basically the epitome of people that are doing it right. That are that have all the paperwork lined up. Uh, really, we check every box. There's no reason anything should be denied. And you know, God forbid, nothing will be. But even with us, it's it's. I mean, the the, the amount of time, it's just that it's taking and that it looks like it's going to take is just it's just mind boggling. Uh, I mean, so even yes. if you're doing everything right, patience, I guess, is the key, is, is the big yeah, key. Yeah,
1: patience is the key. And people are, oh, you always say be patient. There is nothing I can do. You have to be patient. OK, I hope this new administration, there are a lot of promises with immigration. And then, of course, the backlog with the citizenship. They have a lot of people waiting for an interview before the pandemic, before the pandemic, not not because of the pandemic. So a lot of uh, cases, asylums are backlogged and marriage interviews are backlog. So of course they get worse with the pandemic. So now they didn't get the money to get the, the person, the, the staff to start working and, and, and do the things really, really fast and get, because there are a lot of other uh, cases that they can be, they don't need an interview. Marriage, they need an interview. But for example, for example, the, fa- the son asking for the father when the, the son is you U.S. citizen, citizen, you don't need an interview for that, and then mm-hmm. they're doing interview now. So just send the green card. They used to be that before for security reasons. Now they're doing interview. What, what
0: does that interview even entail? Are, are you really his father? Yes. Uh, I mean, well, what, what more well do you, you know
1: what? You're gonna believe it. Uh. I had to take now pictures when people were babies because they said even if you are the father or the mother, if you don't you didn't take care of of him or her. We're in trouble. So, I I give the first communion, baptism, uh, pictures where the baby was born in the hospital. And I have to take those because people Mm -hmm. get okay. So, people are not strange. So, you know, anyway, so that's that. But any, so the problem is um, a lot of things that can be done without interview. So, Take all that thing because they have the FBI thing. They have the FBI, FBI fingerprints. You can clear that person with the FBI fingerprints because people say, no, we need an interview for what? You If the person, of course, has the um, uh, criminal record, you don't send the green card. You just bring them for an interview or deny the green card right away. So there is ways that they can improve the things, I hope.
0: Yeah, I never know what to believe when it comes to... Uh, political commentary surrounding this stuff because political commentary always comes with you know with some set of some preposition so I'm curious from your perspective do, do you think that did, did Donald Trump uh some of the actions he take did that did that really clog up the immigration system because I hear that a lot but you never know what what to believe if, if something's just being said because it's political or how how real on the ground were any of Trump's actions as it relates to legal immigration
1: well he came really harsh with immigrants but um, setting aside political views, I agree with him with a lot of his policies. Because, as I said, if you open the borders, it's going to be very dangerous uh, security for security reasons. And then, of course, people can come legally to the United States and immigrate. At the point system like Canada, Australia, that doesn't work. We have a very good system for immigration to come, like a special occupation, professionals, engineers, computer science. We have the H-1Bs. That's amazing, and they need to increase because um, President Trump was concerned about the American people and the competition. And then of course, that's why he, he banned the, the visas, working visa, because a lot of people were getting unemployment, that's true. I mean, that, that happened. So now if the country is gonna be in recovery and everything, employment, you can start bringing people, bringing people, uh, professionals to the States. I, I agree with that. But some of the other things about the, the wall, for example, I don't care about the wall, but the wall was building. It was being built. So then stop the building, the building of the wall, and then the money. And, and then, okay, so that's stopped The thing about Biden, I, we look like third world countries like Venezuela and South America, because when the new government comes, then I take out everything you did, even if the things were good, okay? For example, I'll give you an example today, a uh, new regulation, the... Citizenship examination is very easy, so they ha- they want to go back. They say they're ready for the 2008 test and the old one because uh, Trump the administration in December put a, a new one with a little bit more questions, a little more more difficult, but really easy, really. And because people need to speak English when you go to the examination, and they say no, the, the new test is. is, is Harding the people and is bringing back a lot of, uh, please. How many minutes you would spend with three or more questions in the interview? So that's not a backlog. That's not a reason for a backlog. Anyway, it's just because mm-hmm. Trump did it. Anyway, right, so
0: right, right. so like he, he would do things like that, like like change the test, and people would say that's causing a backlog, regardless of your position on whether they should change the test. That's not causing a backlog.
1: <laughs> exactly. So now they have to be improved, and people people need to get into the English test, and you know. Anyway. So as I say, aside political issues, uh, where the people ask for the immigration reform, and I, my opinion in immigration reform is it has to be done. It has, we need an immigration reform. Why? Because there are 12 million people more here in the States that we need to solve this problem. They break the law. Yes, they did. So, But some people are good people. Some people pay taxes, have their kids here for a long time, and, and it's not, it's not going to give you a price, but we give you uh, a pass for the green card. You pay a fine, a lot of money, but going to enter to the treasury, if you pay a fine, $5,000 fine, they will pay for that. And then uh, you get a green card. And then citizenship. All the people who have committed crimes, you have to go back to your country. So we don't want you here. That cleaning thing can be done. That's my opinion. The problem now is Immigration is a social issue for me. It's not a political issue. But every time it is a campaign, every time the senators and and representatives start discussing, oh, my votes, my votes, my votes. So,
0: right, you know. right. so uh, one last question, uh, I guess, on somewhat of the political end. Do you see any kind of hope that the Biden administration, for all uh, all the criticisms that uh, they'll definitely get from libertarians, is there a chance that there will actually be sort of a, a better, more streamlined legal immigration process, even not even, not even looking at the illegal immigrant uh, side of things?
1: I don't think so. I think it will come, it, people will be coming and they will be allowed. They will be allowed to come in the States because they now the MPP, the Mexican protocol, that they're they waiting there, now they're, getting, they're letting in. They start doing 600 people daily. So they, those people will be coming to the United States, will, be, will enter the United States, and then they will see the case here. That's Biden administration, the uh, Trump administration, what you have to wait outside for your court hearing. So anyway, so it's going to be what? Encourage a lot of people, Mark, to come to the States because every time you will come and they will allow you to to enter.
0: All right. Well, Maria, thank you so much uh, for sharing uh, your time with no, us and a, a little bit of your insight. Um, I Just well, before I let you go, because uh, you know I've spoken to you uh, about some legal matters and I, I have found your time personally helpful uh, quite a bit. So I just want let, to let you uh, provide the information for your practice, for how people can, can ta- contact you in case someone listening right now uh, is in the middle of an immigration matter or does have some questions and does want to seek uh, some, some legal advice. And I have to say, <laughs> as, as someone that has uh, you know uh, taken a paid consultation with you because I had such bad experiences with with free consultations uh, it's definitely worth it to, to pay for one uh, if, if you do have questions whether it's with you or some or somebody else it may not be the same but I, I think it is important to to know you're getting good advice and good advice that isn't going to turn into a sales pitch uh, that' it's, it's just about actually that day and what you're trying to talk about at, at the time but feel free to go in and uh, plug away on your practice and get, uh, give out, out any uh, contact information you have.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Uh, I really appreciate that opportunity. And um, Okay, my office is in Florida. It doesn't matter where I am because immigration is federal law. Federal law is the same law in the 50 states. So no, it's not that in California it's going to be your citizenship faster than in Florida because it's re- No, it's the same law everywhere. So I'm allowed to practice law in the United States, in the 50 states. Okay, I have the Virginia bar. Um, so anyway, the phone number you can reach me is 305-468-0044. I, I can give you the, um, the email that you can write me. I received it by myself. Nobody else can see the email. is info, the word info, at M as Maria, T as Trina, and my last name, mtburgos.com. I hope you understand that, mtburgos.com. That's the email. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram, Maria Trina Burgos. It's it's not private, it's public. You can watch me, the programs, um, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We have a program there answering questions. And Twitter. I love Twitter, at Abogada Burgos, because somebody took Abogado Burgos, so I have to put (laughs) Abogada. Female, Abogada Burgos is my Twitter and then you can follow me and then answer que- um, ask questions I answer. I try to get better and better in technology. I'm learning and I'm getting much better. So be patient.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Maria. I appreciate, appreciate uh, your time today. Keep up the great work. Keep on roaring. Thank you. No,
1: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: all right kitty cats i hope you enjoyed my conversation today with the great maria trina burgos if you are in any step of the immigration process i I cannot recommend uh anyone quite as highly as maria trina burgos uh she is based out of miami uh but again it doesn't really matter where you are physically if you are dealing with any kind of immigration issue she is definitely someone uh, i can speak from personal experience that can give some great advice so i will link to all the ways to contact her in today's show notes and i wanted to do this episode today um, it's, it's I guess it's a little bit of a, a peek behind the scenes of my personal life I haven't gotten into it too much on this show there may be a time in the future where I get into it a lot more but uh, you know I, I am going through the immigration process uh, with my wife who is from Mexico and we have been uh, going through that for six or seven months now and I can just say from personal experience as people who are doing everything right as people who are you know just just a couple of people who are, are in love and got married uh, it is extremely Extremely, extremely difficult and grueling of a process. Even when you do everything right, even when you uh, do everything by the books or what have you, and uh, there will become a day where I will probably uh, detail some things about this process and the problems that I see in the system uh, in greater, you know, in greater detail. But you know, we're still kind of in that process right now, so I'm gonna hold back on a lot of things right now. But uh, for the time being, I really wanted to share a little information about the process with you guys uh, from the perspective of someone who has actually been an immigrant themselves and worked with many immigrants as a lawyer. And if like I mentioned, uh, Maria was recommended to me by good friend Fergus Hodgson, a guy you got to be following, had a great interview recently over on Finding Freedom with John Odermatt. So be sure to check that one out. I'll link to it in today's show notes as well. Uh, But that's it for this week. Don't forget, you got Brian McWilliams every single Wednesday with his unique brand of comedy, culture and liberty over at Electric Liberty Land while John wraps things up on Thursdays with his look into all things freedom over on Finding Freedom. You get all these shows, all these shows, all three for the price of one and that price is free. All you got to do is slap that subscribe button and subscribe to Lions of Liberty wherever you listen to podcasts. And like I mentioned at the top of the show, if you can just thirst for more content and you want to toss us some support, please do consider joining the Lions of Liberty Pride, becoming a patron of this show over at patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty, and it doesn't end there. If you just love our voices, if you're, our voices are, uh, as our, my friend Remzo puts it, audible chocolate to you, you can find us elsewhere, of course. Brian, Odie, and Rico, they have a weekly show called Bravo and Beer, where they uh, they drink and watch bad Bravo reality TV shows, and it's a, it's a real fun show to listen to. I don't even watch these shows. I just listen for the banter. Uh, so if you enjoy our banter, I think you're going to really enjoy Bravo and Beer, so check that out. And of course, every single week, every single single Wednesday, myself and Remzo Martinez, who I stole from the We Are Libertarians network for this project. We host the weekly Second Print Comics podcast where we look at all the stories, characters, events from comic books of our youth that have inspired us into our fanhood to try to spread a little joy, spread a little cheer in these times of political difficulty so to speak so we want to take your minds off of things that's what we do at the second print comics podcast find us at secondprintcomics.com follow us everywhere at Second print Pod, and just hit that damn subscribe button check out what we're doing we appreciate it appreciate everything appreciate every single second every single millisecond that you put into listening to this program and the other fine works that we do out there in the world until next time my friends live and live free